For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. read and heard this verse so many times, and for a long time, I thought it was saying that my thoughts and my ways could never reach God's thoughts and ways, that it's not possible to think like God. You know, sometimes you would do, you may do something or say something, and someone quotes that scripture to you and says, well, you know, our, our thoughts are not God's thoughts. You know, his ways are not our ways as if we are stuck in our ways and our thoughts. But the Holy Spirit began to show me something different than what I believed it was saying. The scripture is not saying that his thoughts and ways can't be ours. After all, he does tell us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, This was found in Romans 12 too. And how do we renew our minds? With the word of God, of course. He wants us to think and act like he does. Isaiah 55 verses 6 and 7, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So if he's telling the wicked to forsake his way, and then the unrighteous man, his thoughts, what way should be adopted? What new thoughts should replace the old ones? It says, let him turn in verse seven. It says, let him turn to the Lord and to our God. So we are to look to God for his ways and his thoughts about people, things, and situations in our lives, because his ways and his thoughts are far superior to ours. So for example, say I did something wrong to hurt someone, whether it was intentional or not, the person may not want to have anything to do with me. He or she may write me off, or as they say today, cancel me, and I may feel the same way if it was done to me. That's our way of thinking. That's what we might do. But is this is this a valid way to handle a matter between brothers and sisters in Christ? I mean, it's not even a valid way to handle it between between non-believers and and ourselves. So what what are God's higher thoughts or his higher ways of reconciling issues? Of course for that we have to go to his word. He he lets us know how he is and who he is in his word. So in Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 21 and 22, Peter is asking Jesus about forgiveness and how many times should should you forgive someone if they sin against you? Should it be seven times? And Jesus tells him, no, 70 times seven. So, and then Jesus begins to um, tell him a parable about a king. This king was uh, settling some debts of his uh, servants and he found one servant who had owed 10,000 talents. So he had the, the servant come before him and told him, this is what you owe. And the servant says, I I don't have the money. I can't pay it. So the king was like, okay, I'm going to throw you in prison. um, And then I'm going to sell your wife, your children, everything that you have until paid. And so the servant fell on his face before the king 
he prostrated himself before the king and he pleaded with the king. He begged the king, please, please, king, be patient with me. I, I promise you I'll pay everything that I owe. Just be, be patient with me. So the king saw this and the king was moved with compassion and he released the servant and he forgave him this 10,000 talent worth of debt. And so the servant left. He left from being before the king and he found a fellow servant who had owed him, the scripture says, a hundred denarii, way less than what he owed the king. So he grabbed the servant and he began to choke the servant and tell him to pay pay me what you owe me. And the servant dropped to his knees and he pleaded with his fellow servant, the same way that the servant had pleaded with the king. He pleaded with him, please have patience with me. I don't have the money, but I will pay you what I owe you. And the servant says, no, that's not good enough, basically. And he had, he had the servant thrown in prison until he could pay him what he owed. Well, other servants saw this happening. And they went and they told the king, hey, king, you forgave this man all of this money. And this guy finds another servant who owes, owed him a small amount. And this is what he did to him. So the king summons the, summons him and, um, he tells, he tells the servant, he says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me, you entreated me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow servant, even as I had mercy on you. So we can see from, from this parable that Jesus is giving us an example of how we should respond. So if the servant had done the same to his debtor as his master did to him, wouldn't he be thinking like his master and his ways be as his master's? When we are obedient to God and his inspired word, we can then say that his thoughts have become our thoughts and his ways our ways. Did he not command us to be imitators of him as dear children? And Ephesians 5.1 tells us this. Did he also not say to be holy and perfect as he is holy and perfect? First Peter 1.15 through 16 and Matthew 5, 48. God sets the example for us to follow, and he puts it in his words. He gives it to us in his word on how we can attain his thoughts. His thoughts and his ways are so much higher than ours because his thoughts are of peace and not evil toward us. And that's Jeremiah 29, 11. God is always ready and waiting to receive us back to himself and forgive us of all our wicked deeds and thoughts. He never writes us off. He never cancels us. Isaiah 55 and 7, verse again, says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly pardon, just like that king abundantly pardoned that servant of those 10,000 talent that he owed him. And we owe God so much more than that. And God says, I will abundantly pardon. When we align our way of thinking with God's way of thinking and our way of doing with God's way of doing, then our thoughts and our ways will begin to look like him, our heavenly father, higher. 
Matthew 10, 24 and 25 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. I encourage myself and challenge myself and you to look to his way of thinking and his way of doing. He is calling us to his higher level. God bless. Now, Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, who takes from what is yours and he gives to us, Lord God. He leads and he guides us. So, Father, I pray that as this, as the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to this word, I pray that he will open the eyes of all of our listeners, Lord God, to hear truth, to hear your word, to to be challenged, to be encouraged, to every day walk more and more like you, to look more and more like you. Father, we just thank you for your awesome gift of salvation, your awesome gift of your son, Jesus, your awesome gift of the comforter, your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone who's listening, who does not know you as Savior, as Lord, I pray that they would open their hearts to receive that gift of salvation, that they would just confess with their mouths that they are a sinner who needs a Savior, Lord God, that they believe that you are the Son of God, that you did die on the cross, you were raised from the dead, you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, they just need to confess and believe and receive, and they shall have eternal life. So I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for drawing people unto you as we lift up your son, Jesus. Thank you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at iw. F-I-M-H at gmail.com. That's I-W-F-I-M-H at gmail.com.